Welcome to the Music Gardener's Almanac, where we explore the roots and fruits of everybody music through conversations with movers and shakers around the world. We discover how these roots and fruits intertwine with all aspects of our lives and the common ground we all share. Don't forget to water them, though. Everybody music. It's us. In this episode, I talked to Marika Sloven, who spent a number of years in Brussels turning stories of immigrants into songs. As I was listening to this conversation, it made me think of a snowfall that seeps into the ground over time, just continuing to nourish the music garden. So let, let it sink in. Let this conversation sink in. I am a word of hope and love. I bring honor to the world. I will push the darkness away Can I come to your house and stay? I am a word So uh, I just want to introduce you. So again, you know, we could go over Marika. Because like there are. Are like a pirate. Like a pirate. Uh, Okay, Marika. Yes. You got it. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. So, um, and tell me a little bit about what, what it is that you've been doing. Uh, sure. You know, yeah. why, why are we talking about this? Well, um, I mean, I guess for me, I mean, it did start, you know, when we were setting up with the sound, talking about childhood, it did start with my experience growing up in the classical music tradition. I grew up performing and studying classical piano very seriously. And um, I eventually, in my early 20s, I stopped playing. Um, I just, I was really disenchanted with that world because it's not, it's not a place where people are invited to be authentic and to be who they are, to express themselves um, from that kind of inner place of knowing. It's a place where you're expected to perform a piece that was written however long, long time ago, as it was written. Mm. And just the way, that way. Mm. And so for me, I just, I got to the point where I was just thinking, this isn't, this isn't who I am, so I guess I can't be a musician. And it wasn't until, you know, a few different things, but one was that I started studying in the, the, the Prescott College PhD sustainability program. And, um, and during that time, lots of different things happened in my, my personal life, my professional life. But in this program especially, I was really noticing that... Um, the idea of how to create a sustainable world was that each individual person in the program, including the faculty, would burn themselves right out to save the world without kind of reflecting on their own lives, whether they were actually modeling that path in the way that they were showing up for themselves. And so my focus became this idea of self-sustainability. And so starting with the individual. And part of the way that that took shape was that I connected with another musician in my cohort on this idea that um, inviting people to share a, a story from their life and working with them to shape their words into a song could actually help to create 
sustainability at the individual level. There were kind of there could be a catharsis that happens um, and often was a kind of therapeutic kind of healing that could happen. And it also was kind of like this idea of sort of witnessing the human experience and celebrating it through creative expression. And so that, you know, that idea of self-sustainability and the songwriting method, which came to be called in our research together, Story to Song, was really what brought me to where I am now, which has been spending the almost decade since working with people to write songs from their stories. Wow. Yeah. You know, like um, that, that is, this is like the first interview, I think, I feel like we're, we're already like, I don't have to like find ways to connect <laughs> what you're doing with what I'm doing. Okay, so yeah. the podcast, I don't even know if you know, the name of the podcast. Mm-mm. It's called The Music Gardener's Almanac. Oh, I love that. Cultivating the roots and fruits of everybody music. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so the idea of like this, you know, I've had this organization. I'm just giving you a little background sure. so that you know how yeah. to fit in your story with what I'm talking about. So, um, uh, I, I, I started this organization in 2013, Kamusiki, which is, music is the key to community. <laughs> but it's always hard to pronounce and people forget it. And like, it's hard to, you don't know how to spell it. There's all different things. And um, so like just recently, we rebranded ourselves as Everybody Music. Nice. And, um, and the website is everybodymusic.rocks. So, uh, you know, because everybody in music does rock. And the idea is that it's kind of like taking it back from this, like as we were talking about capitalism before, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like taking it out of that world where we're just like sharing our music and the idea is that we're all born completely musical mm-hmm. and that musical training is really you know, training I say I say tell to people you know training is for dogs really. it's not <laughs> for music you know because we're already just musical we're primally right biologically and our bodies yeah. are designed yeah. literally for yeah. music yeah. so uh, and so it's hard to break through that 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 uh, you know spell well right. certainly I mean I think that I personally can recall that as a child I sang all the time, and there's a, a moment when I stopped. And it's because someone externally reflected to me that I didn't have the kind of voice that was what they wanted to hear. And a lot of the women I've worked with have said, you know, oh, I can't sing, I don't have a good voice, men too, or I don't have a story that could be a song, right? So the idea is just like you're saying, I mean, it's, it's, it's trying to kind of get through those external layers that have taught us that we're not good enough, we're not interesting enough, we're not valuable, and to kind of give birth to a new way of thinking that gives birth to music. Right, yeah. right, right. And, and this whole story, and also when you, you know, I, I learned about your, your creating songs from stories, and that was something that I wanted to do down, you know, at the border. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was, um, I, I, I w- it was already hard enough just to try to like speak Spanish, 
<laughs> so, uh, and then, you know, try to translate, and, like, we translated our song into Spanish and six other languages, but uh, it's really, uh, it's that, you know, and I do, I do songwriting, like, with my students, mm -hmm. you know, as, as when I teach music, I... Most of the time, I bring in songwriting as, as part as part of it, yeah. And and like, so uh, that's what I I want to hear more about. Yeah, about that. And like, so you've been, did you start? I mean, you've been doing this, where you're you're writing songs from people's stories, and you're helping people write. Yeah. Songs. Yes. So I yeah. work. I mean, so the. I mean, when we kind of develop this method um the idea was that the there was a person who was working as a kind of guide like a songwriting guide working with a person who's a participant or storyteller sharing their story but that the the process was collaborative but my role is really to kind of help um kind of draw the song out in terms of noticing as the person's sharing either words or melodies you know, this could work and, and kind of building from that. But I mean, but the idea is really that, um, that the, the, the song itself is also a participant, I've found. Um, the song wants to come out and sometimes it comes out really quickly, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it comes out in English, sometimes it comes out in Dari or Arabic. What's Dari? Dari. Um, so uh, there, there are, I mean, I like, I always get this a little bit confused because, um, depending on, so if you're from whew, Dari, Afghanistan, um, or f I think Dari is Af from Afghanistan. So, I mean, so you're talking about just the challenge of language. And I spent um, four years in Brussels um, doing the songwriting um, with refugees at um, an asylum center. So the kind of place where people register for asylum. And then when we first started the project, they were there often for many years. And then it kind of shifted into a, just a temporary, they're here for a day or two and then moved somewhere else. But um, the idea was that, that people would share in spoken word or in writing any language. And, and then we'd sing in that language. And, um, you know, I think we work on sort of a, a translation as well, but, um, you know, thinking about that honoring the authentic experience, I think being invited to share a story in your native language is just another way of kind of helping another person, who's, especially for a refugee who's been through horrible experience and now they're in this new place where they are kind of out of their element and not accepted in the way that they anticipated um, to kind of honor their true voice, right, in their native language. Wow. Yeah. Now, do you speak different languages? I speak French. Um, I can understand quite a bit of Spanish. Um, but I think that, you know, there's, a, there's also like a, there's a community element and a solidarity that's created when you work with people trying to kind of find different meanings in different languages and nuances and I mean, certainly, like, you can use, we used Google App Translate as well. Um, and we used, like, you know, we try to act out different, <laughs> you know, gesticulate and actually physically try to act out these ideas that 
harder to translate, like the idea of being in between, right? Mm, right. Um, trying to get someone who speaks Arabic to share what that is in Arabic <laughs> when they don't would speak English, you know, there's just there's challenges. But I think there's always ways to communicate. I mean, music being the universal language, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, so... Uh, so the, the, these, like we in in Brussels, like you had quite a, a range of yeah. different languages coming in. It's yeah. pretty pretty amazing. Like it's like here, it's like mostly Spanish, and then some, you know, like people Haitian people, mm-hmm. and so like, uh, and then there are people that come through, but it's like that is a real like gateway over there. Yeah, I mean diversity in Brussels. I mean Brussels is the capital of Europe. And um, so there's embassies from all over the world and and Europe. And wait, wait a second. You mean are you speaking figuratively, or is it, is there like, is it really like? It's the capital of the EU. So I that's didn't know. Where, oh yeah, yeah that's true. Right. Now, I, now I realize that I did know right? that. So diversity in a is way. yeah, diversity is the rule. It's not the exception. And I mean, you know, different places in the United States, diversity is more accepted than others, but there's, you know, and certainly in Brussels, not everyone is thrilled that there are refugees coming from other places, but um, Belgium tends to be a country where it is, um, I don't want to say easier, but maybe a little less challenging, where refugees are more welcomed, and um, the asylum process is maybe a a bit more accessible. Um, So, uh, you know, so there, there are a lot of people from, from all over seeking a better life. And I mean, I, you know, and I can tell you a little bit about kind of the origins of the project, but it is truly, I mean, we published a book of the the Finnish songs and I think there are like maybe 11 different languages, you know, in there. Mm. So. Wow. Okay. So, so that, that I, I see, I, I'm, I'm starting to get a, a better picture of how this comes together. So like, you're really, it's not like you have like a translator like somebody that's like, well, yes and no, right? I mean, so there's just there's different ways that you can get around um, not having the language that other people have or having different languages, and um, so what I mentioned. So maybe I should explain. So when I first moved to Brussels um, in the fall of 2016, I wanted to be writing music with people from their stories using this story to song method. And I also just, I really wanted to be able to offer it to people who maybe didn't feel like they were being heard. You know, people who are in the society, but also kind of on the outside. Um, I think that being invited to share your story and go through that creative process is something that can benefit everyone. And, um, and I, because I've personally witnessed that and I've experienced it myself, um, but I also think that for people who feel like they they are helpless, that, that they're not able to advocate for themselves, or they're in a place where they just don't have a lot of control, they're waiting to find out what's going to happen. Will we, I be allowed to stay in Belgium? Will I be sent back to this place where my, you know, that's unsafe? Um, I felt like using this songwriting could maybe make a big difference. You know, um, and so I just I reached out to organizations working with refugees because I knew the refugee crisis, you know, um, had been going on since well for several years. I think it really started to become like a you know 
um, I'm using like air quotes, right? Like an issue in 2015. And, um, and so I just, yeah, I reached out to these different organizations and there was, there's one that, that invited me to come and just kind of like have a look around and, um, see if I might like to volunteer. And the day that I, that I went there, they said, oh, you know, we have this, this, um, woman from Scotland who's been offering poetry for many years and perhaps, you know, you might connect with her. And if not, don't worry, you can do your own thing. Um, but we just, we clicked and, um, her, she's, her name is Sarah Reader Harris, and she's been in Belgium for decades. She, she bar- married a Belgian man. She's a writer and poet, and it just was a really brilliant sort of wedding of two creative forms of expression in poetry, which for a lot of people coming from the Middle East, poetry is just such an important part of their culture, and then, and then the music. And so also for looking at kind of people speaking these different languages. English is not their first language. Sharing verbally can be a bit daunting, but writing a few phrases in their native language, you know, maybe feels a little bit safer. So we could hand up with, we just put a big piece of paper on the wall, you know, and we just, we'd get words and phrases uh, from, from lots of different languages. We would then work with people at the center who, I mean, um really remarkable individuals who would have already learned English from watching YouTube videos or, I mean, it just, you know, so, so we worked as a group and then mm. we used, you know, Sarah speaks French, Nederlands, so Dutch and English. I speak English and French, can understand some Spanish. And then we'd have people from Gaza who could also speak English and were studying, you know, people coming to the center, they're offered to to study for, you know, a course in Dutch or French. So then they're studying and you just end up with this kind of like very um, engaging debate on the nuances of language and meaning. And you wind up with a song in all these different languages that shares the story of a lot of different people, but you find a way to bring it together. Yeah, you know, that that actually reminds me. I remember I was like workshopping this Build the Bridges song that we we were doing it in Arabic and Hebrew and we were in New York at this the Stony Point Center, and uh, we were talking about like the different nuances of take down the walls. And somebody was like, and these different languages, and I was trying to understand. Yeah. Like uh, I didn't know these languages, but I hear like people would say, "Well, that really means tear down the wall." Yeah. Like, yeah. And 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 I think that we really want to say to like disassemble the wall. Like and and we don't want to be violent. Right. We don't want to right. like destroy, you know. And then another person says, "Yes, we do." Like yeah. we these yeah. walls are like have to be torn down. Yeah. And so and then I and then I was talking to this guy in Israel about about it and then he had a completely different mm-hmm. yeah. take on it. And so, like, we kind of... And they're of, all legitimate. Right, right. Yeah. And so, like... But yeah. then we have to figure out yeah. which which one rolls nicer, mm-hmm. like, which one feels better rhythmically, because we already had, like, the uh, the song, you know, like, was already done. But and then the different languages, we'd have to change some of the rhythms. And, like, you have to decide, like, mm-hmm. what... And the meaning comes through the rhythm of it also. Right. I mean, yeah. there's many different layers of kind of creating the song to communicate something. And, yeah, you want the rhythm to also fit the story. 
and yeah. what's being communicated. Yeah. Yeah. So like, um, like let's say like somebody is telling you their story, and assuming that you can kind of like understand it um, linguistically, like you 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 can um, follow them. Mm-hmm. Like they're not speaking in a like a language that you have right. are clueless about, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, how do you do that? Like, let's like, can yeah. you break it down a little bit? Like, yeah. how that actually works? Well, and so there's, I mean, there's different, there's different ways. Um, oh, and also yeah. um, because you were saying, you have this. There's a a, a a word that you use for describing. What is this called? You call it. There's a, a system. Story to song, the method itself. Yeah, the method. Yeah. Is this something that you developed? Yes. With um, with Malcolm Brooks when we were here at Prescott College in the PhD sustainability education program. He's a composer and he had been, you know, kind of toying with this idea of what he was calling autoethnographic songwriting, which is a very big academic term basically for a person sharing a personal kind of studying themselves under the lens of whatever subject it is they're studying. So studying their experience through the lens of sustainability, right? Or I wrote an author with ethnography on sustainability on this idea of self-sustainability. So I studied my experience creating a more sustainable life, making it an auto, right? Auto ethnography versus studying someone else's experiences, mm. creating a sustainable life through that lens. So Anyway, the idea the idea started in his practice in Maine, where he works with students, and he was looking at this idea that perhaps if you invite a person to share a personal story, that um, this might help to overcome creative block, because it gives you something to work with, and um, and it was really in our work together, where he was. Look, you know, I was he was kind of like he's the he's the composer and I was sort of studying with him, kind of learning how to write music in this way. And it was through this iterative research dynamic that we came up with this idea of actually just calling it what it is, story to song. You're starting with a story and creating a song, and then looking at the different steps that you would take to write a song, starting with having a person share a story. And when we worked one one on one with a person, we would actually be using a computer and typing all of their words. And when a person's speaking in English and you speak English, you can end up with pages and pages. Um, and then what we would do is we would we would shape the story, just all this text, into what kind of looks like a poem or a song. Like you take a breath in, you look at a phrase, and then you hit enter when you exhale. So you just end up with a really long poem. And then... You start looking at, you know, and as we're hearing the story, we're already thinking about this. What are some different messages from the story that communicate something that's a universal element from the human experience? So that, so whether you have a person in Afghanistan who's been a refugee or a person in Arizona who has never had to leave their home at a moment's notice they can both recognize and personally make a connection with this idea of wanting to belong in a new place because maybe they've moved somewhere before or have been introduced to a new community, right? And then you want to kind of tease that out and there's often many different 
possible messages because every story has so many layers of meaning. But, you know, that's kind of the general idea that becomes, that's shaped into the chorus, that element that's repeated. And then the the verses are really the the events of the story as they're unfolding. And, you know, I, I um, you know, I worked, uh, like, I don't know. So, I mean, just, you know, it's kind of the, I, depending on what you've experienced, you're telling the story about maybe leaving Afghanistan, coming to Belgium, um, and um, and so you have these kind of just kind of action verb things that are happening. But then you want to be able to kind of lead into this happened, this happened, and this happened, and that's why I want to live somewhere safe or I want a peaceful life, and that comes back to that chorus. So then people listening to the song can see this person as a human being and make a connection and say, like, oh, this is what a person who's experienced having to leave a war-torn country is going through. And that could be me. I, I recognize that now because I recognize the feeling of wanting to live a peaceful life, right, wanting right. a better life for my children, right? And so essentially we go through this process and we're looking for the, the chorus, that message. We're, sh- we're shaping the verses, trying to shape it into a short enough three to five minute song from all the words. And then as we're shaping it, we go through these moments where we invite the person who shared the story to try to sing. So we might have them try singing through the chorus or try singing through some of the verses or words that speak to them. And as they're singing, it's, it's you know, that's a pretty vulnerable experience. And people are worried about not sounding good. But what, what we're doing as the guides, we're just listening for possible beginnings of a melody. People will often sing the same thing over and over. And then for some reason, maybe there's a line that's particularly, you know, connected with something um, really deeply emotional for them. They'll sing a totally different arc of notes. And from that, I try to start with that, figuring out what key they're singing in, the exact notes, and then building off of that. And that was kind of the process that we would go through, mostly working with one person, sometimes working with a group, or in, with an audience having a volunteer come up. The experience that I, um, that I had in Brussels was closer to the kind of workshops that I did with children. Adults have a tendency, just like I am right now, to share a really long story. <laughs> uh, they have the capacity, and, and, and as we're speaking in the same language, there's just an ability to do that. When I do workshops with children, I would just put down a piece of paper and let them write different words or sh- communicate those to me, and I'd write them down, and it would be a shorter, more condensed often wackier <laughs> son. Wow. So you, yeah. you, you actually, but you, you start with the, the lyrics. Yeah. I start with a story. The well, words yeah, but from I mean, this, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the from, melody comes later. Yeah. Right. Then that's yeah. interesting. Like, is yeah. there like, because when I write a song, um, often mm-hmm. I, I, they happen at the same time. Like they're just so like, yeah. they're inseparable. Like yeah. they are like, I'm trying to convey something that is beyond words. Right. Really? Yeah. So, like, I'm trying to express something, and, and I do this with students, too, like, where, like, when we write songs, often it will be just yeah. one sentence or something, one, and then, like, find that melody, and like you said, like, yeah. and if they don't think of themselves as a singer and they don't think that they can write a melody, then I just, like, listen, is it going up, is it going down, and then, like... Yeah. And then sometimes we do these weird things where we come up with these weird chords because 
they're not really sure what key right. they're in. Certainly. And so I've, yeah. I'm sort of going with that. Yeah. So I'm just like kind of like actually comparing yeah. your approach to my approach. And there's no right approach. I mean, I tend to work with people who um, don't think that they have artistic capacity or musical ability, um, let alone writing a piece of music. And I certainly, when I first started working on this method, you know, um, with my research partner, you know, when we were doctoral students, I didn't really think I could be a composer. And it was through that process that I realized, like, oh, I'm actually, like, co-creating this method. I do have this capacity. But when you're working with someone who doesn't even necessarily play a musical instrument, I think um, kind of starting at the beginning with the story you know, is a, a sort of just a freeing, freeing of whatever it is inside. It's just a, it's a way to kind of start that process. And then by the time you start getting to where a person might sing um, or you might add kind of music, you've created a connection, you've created trust, hopefully, to kind of take it to that more vulnerable, even more vulnerable place. Sharing the story can be very emotional and people aren't always ready for it. Yeah, you know, I think it would really be interesting for us to to try yeah. to work together, like yeah. on, and just like seeing it, like how our different approaches. Like, yeah. but you've done, I mean, really, you've put a lot of attention on on this. Thanks. Yeah, on this. I really believe in it. I'm sure that's just as you do, right? And um, and this has been a way for me to you know, to create space for people to just be who they are and to share their own story in their own words, and especially for you know, for people who are marginalized and are having their story told for them by other people, many yeah. of whom have not experienced what it is to be a refugee and then are being othered as a result. I mean, here's a way to kind of shift the perspective and, um, and shift agency. Right. So you're, right. you're going like you're, you're, you're a gift. It's a gift to, to them and also a gift to the greater society, like that. That's what I always felt like when I'd be yeah. at the border, yeah. and people would say, "Oh, you know, you're doing such, you know, great work." Like, well, yeah. like, so, like, you know, <laughs> like, you it's so, yeah. you're giving them, yeah. you're giving them this great gift, you know. And I actually feel like my bigger job is to bring back the stories. I feel and, that, and too. even though yeah. like, I'm not, I haven't been doing like what you've been doing, but I've been listening to people and like talking to them mm-hmm. and finding out like. Like whether some some were like you know um, uh, veterans and they fought in for this country and mm-hmm. then they get back to this country and then they get sent to to Mexico and they're like trying to make a life yeah and and I'm just like listening to them talk about this and you know I I I would I would love to uh, go go deeper with that with, the, with yeah. the songwriting and I was like trying to I don't know I, I um, well we can I, like you know we can walk through I mean some of the songs like we I mean I could share a song play a song talk talk about how we did it I mean yeah. you know but also I think you know I mean isn't it just such a gift that someone trusts you to share their story with you oh right? yeah but I, like, I didn't like I just wanted to, yeah. s- to say that that the, the so the real yeah thing was that, that that people in this country like really need yes. to have yeah. a better connection yeah. with what's going on down there, you know. Yeah. And so like yeah, that is like yeah. really 
what I was thinking about. Well, that. sure, and right, and so going back to that, music as the universal language and us being innately musical, I mean, even if you don't think you have musical capacity, when you listen to something, a foot starts tapping, you start, and it, it, I think that a, a melody can open the heart. It's like a way in to really hear the story in this kind of embodied way, right? We were talking as we were setting up about kind of knowing something, like we should treat all people equally, you know? But then embodying that and actually seeing all refugees as human beings. Right, right, right. right. It's interesting because like I, like, you know, when, like race is something that like, I become more and more conscious mm -hmm. of how unconsciously I, I play out my my own version of racism like i i i just see i make assumptions about people that i'm not even aware of and the and the more i i pay attention to it the uh, it it starts to to shift but i realize that it's so deep yeah. and it's the same like with with you know yeah immigration and all well, that well and i think there's just i mean we just go back to this we learn when we're little like you know uh, you know, to, to treat to treat everyone well and everybody deserves la la la, right? And I mean, human beings, we all were born, we deserve to have a good life and a safe life. But then somewhere along the way, fear kind of creeps in and, and it can creep in quite intentionally from messages that we get, whether it's from religion or the media or, you know, wherever it comes from our community. Um, and it's really easy. It's so much easier to just kind of keep that tape running then to shift and take that tape out and put one in that creates a paradigm shift to where all people are actually not that unlike us because it means you have to really reflect back on how you show up on the world in the world how you treat people and it just shakes everything up because from like the bottom all the way to the top you start seeing how people aren't being treated Equal. I mean, even it, like it's ref not all refugees are equal. I mean, you know, and I think all refugees should be able. We should just we're just nomads. People move. We've always just moved. You should be able to like leave a place that doesn't feel safe and live somewhere safe without having to go through this just completely crushing, demoralizing experience. But even in like in Europe right now, with Russia attacking Ukraine, Ukrainians are being welcomed, and in a very different way. Right. And people from the Middle East, from yeah. that, like compared to people come trying to cross the border in Mexico into the United States, right? I mean, and like, thank goodness that they're being welcomed, but also, right, right. why, why not others? So anyway, we're yeah. like digressing. But, well, it's all it's all interconnected, know. but I I definitely yeah. like I I, uh, I you know I have this a copy of this book and. Uh, Right, it's so really, and also you know visually, you've got so much beautiful uh, pictures and stuff in here. This is, you know, for this listening audience, I highly recommend this book. Well, and so the book came actually because we were we were um, planning on participating in this literature event celebrating diversity and culture and the literature kind of realm of Brussels and um, and we thought wouldn't it be interesting to create like just a little pamphlet with a few of the songs you know to be able to um, share at a workshop where we would talk about poetry and songwriting and then we got a little bit of funding and then it just turned into this well we let's go through the songs and choose just a couple and we're oh we have to take this one you have to as soon as you start seeing just the person behind the 
the song. So it, it, it turned into this huge book that we then worked with, um, you know, p- people that we had met um, at the center and from just the, you know, the very diverse community of Brussels to make sure all the languages were in there. And so we have this, it turned into a more of a tome than a, a pamphlet. You know, I, I, have, a, I have a question, actually. <laughs> yeah, um, please. So, you know, I noticed, like, the people that, are, are anonymous. Yes, that was intentional. So, yeah. uh, but was anybody, so it was like you made, you know, this is just about the processing again. Mm-hmm. So like you decided, did you decide that like everybody would be anonymous? Or did some right. people say, I want to be anonymous? And did other yeah. people say, I actually want my name? Because like, did right. anyone say they, you know? Well, so... Um, so we kind of made an accept executive decision based on the rules of the asylum center to okay. keep people anonymous because, um, you know, we, so we try to keep in touch with a lot of people we've worked with and I've tried to, I write, I wrote a, basically an essay, you know, kind of written piece about the writing of each song and I've tried to remember the name of each person we worked with, um, but when you're at the center, you're, you're really, people are often there hiding. Um, so women and children flat out, you're not allowed to use their name or take their photos or at least share their photos. You have to ask permission for, to take photos, permission to use photos. And, um, and, um, and you're, you're really not supposed to publish people's names or identities. So, um, and that's for safety so what we thought, you know, we're working on this book, and while we were working on the book, the pandemic started, and the the borders in Europe were shut, the program was shut down, so it was became quite a little bit more challenging to kind of get in touch with people, right? I mean, we we have social media, we have email, and you know, ways to keep in touch with people from the book. So we would kind of pre- sometimes reach out to them, um, but we just made a decision that the photos we used um, would not show people's faces. And that we wouldn't use names. The only name that we used was for uh, a person that we worked with who went back to his home country and passed away. Mm. So we, as a way to kind of honor him, mm. we put his name in there. But he's the only person. Right, right. But it would be interesting, right, because I'm talking about really wanting to honor these people's voices. And I've thought about a kind of sequel that actually talks about, you know, the importance of poetry, the creative arts, collaboration, participatory arts, and then actually publishes the stories behind these songs and could identify people who we can reach out to who give permission, you know, to do that. Right. It's always a, you know, and also sometimes, you know, like pictures for one thing, like I, I always realize that like having a camera there at all, just like, blew the vibe and, and like it just made it difficult to focus on what yeah. you're really trying to do. Yeah, and when I write music, I mean, I do use, I use the voice memo app on my phone because otherwise the second someone sings something and I try to repeat it, I, it's like gone from my mind, right? So there's a lot of just communication around that. Is it okay to record it? Is it, you know, and if I did video, it generally wouldn't have people in it unless they gave their permission. But I do feel like it was really important to document the process as much as possible because it's like what we were saying before. I mean, it's to me, it's really important to um, to create this welcoming, safe space for a person to share what can be a difficult story, but then and to move through that process. But then it's also really important, just in terms of creating social change um, and and opportunities for empathy, to share those songs. 
And so I took lots of photos, you know, of the, the pages, the, the words people yeah. were writing. I mean, so these well, are that the photos so in that much. book. And, yeah. and, and as much as possible, the photo next to, that's the, the song, is the, the piece of paper that we wrote the song. The yeah. Song. And, and I love, like, you know, like, and you have, you intersperse, like, English translations, and then you have, it looks like, like, I'm looking at this, I am the change. Mm-hmm. And it uh, looks like you have... English and um, French. We've got and, a whole bunch of languages. And also Arabic. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, yeah. it looks like that, you have Arabic, is that like Turkish or something? There's, it's, there's Arabic. Well, so that song, right? So, and each song is unique, right? And I was talking a, a little bit about the, the method that, that Malcolm and I worked on kind of iteratively. And it's the way that I've used it with refugees, like I said, is more like I do with children, um, only because they don't have the language. So sharing a spoken story might not, you know, be as easy or feel as safe as writing a few phrases. This this song came from um, a man who we met um, from Gaza, who was at the center for years. And so we we often worked with him, like every week he'd come. And he was a poet. And um, so... I mean, the original text is his Arabic, which we then translated into English. And sometimes what we would do is then just try translating it into a bunch of different languages so lots of people can sing together. I mean, you know... um, Different languages at the same time? No, we'd go... Well, just the same message, but in different languages. So we start by singing the Arabic, then English. Then we'd sing it in French, then in Netherlands, then in, you know... Dari or whatever, you know, Spanish person wanted Nederlands, to Netherlands, is that like Dutch? Dutch, Dutch. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, and so I mentioned, like, Sarah's a poet. And sometimes just to inspire people to share, um, as a blank page can feel like an opportunity, but it could also feel daunting. She would just, she would share a phrase from a poem. And so sometimes we would just translate that phrase into lots of different languages. And then at some point someone might say, well, this makes me think of, you know, and write it down. So lots of different ways of, of writing the song. And so like online you have the songs in these different languages. Yeah, in the introduction, there's two sections in the introduction. One is an explanation of the project. One's an explanation of the authors who are me, Sarah, and then the residents of this center. But there's a link to uh, a, um, a section of my website where you can basically click on every single song and you can read about you know, the experience of writing it, how it kind of took shape. There's photos, there's, you can listen to the actual recordings that I took that show kind of all of us working on it. And um, sometimes there's like video also or, yeah. So, so the process is actually a, a part of like what you're presenting. Yeah. So it's not like you're not, it's not all about like, you know, a finished product. This is, this is the product. This is like... Yeah. You're, 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 it's like the Prescott College, the journey. Yeah. Right? But at the same time, if you want to affect change in a big way, I think then sharing the product, the creative product from the journey is important, you know. Yeah. So, and that's why we, we were so pleased to actually be able to put this book together. It became so much more than what we thought it would be. And it's also why, you know, I would like to, I keep, I've been trying to record the songs, but that's not really my area, right? So... Because, I mean, this is like a, this is a tangible thing, the book, but when people hear the songs, then they also want, they want. Well, let's record a song now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be great. Um, 
Yeah, so like, uh, do you want to? You were you saying you want to like break down the process more? No, um, it's more? whatever you feel kind of drawn to. I mean, I can I could pl- I can tell you a little bit about one of the songs and play it or just yeah yeah why don't you, you do know. that yeah I mean um, so I mean there's a really kind of uh, I almost said simple there's no simple song uh, there's no simple story but there is an early song that we wrote that I perform pretty regularly it's in it's only in English because um, it was kind of early in the process I think before we realized like oh we can actually sing in these other languages and we can make sure that we're honoring the language by you know inviting people to to kind of make sure we're pronouncing it correctly and or at least attempting to but so this song is in English but um but it's one that I really um you know well I love them all but I could talk to you a little bit about writing it and then it's short enough that okay that I mean so this is the I am a word song okay and um I think it's so. It should be pretty early on in the book. I, I think I, I might just. I'll look at the if there's. A but if picture. there's another one that you want, I mean. Okay. Um, like I said, we obviously couldn't cut any what's it out. What's called? So. I am a word. Okay, yeah. So Thirty-one. I think that you you have a good idea. Um, I just wanted to actually look at the the, the picture. At the goes. message from it, I think, um, is is quite profound for, for many reasons. Um, yeah. Well, I, I love that. I, I'm reading it now. Yeah. You know, I often like to like hear the song as a whole, yeah, without looking at the words first. Mm-hmm. Nice. Just let so, it kind of that embodied like feel that song. Yeah. Like I, I, I feel like this. Yeah. The song is really. You can't separate that. I just think if there's ever a song that can communicate that um, a person who's a refugee is a human being and not dangerous. I think this is it. Okay. Um, okay. Then that's that's actually. Should I play really it important. and then I could tell, or do you yeah. want me to tell you a little more about it first? However you want to do it, like well, um, the process. <clears throat> yeah. You know, like if you tell me a little bit about yeah. it and the process that we see, yeah, get a, let's like, do that. Insight into yeah. how it came to be. Yeah, and I think because it really does, it reminds me of something that I noticed. Um, from this process was that, you know, here you're working with people who often who have experienced a lot of trauma and um, a lot of frustration and waiting for the, the asylum process to kind of move through. And, um, and their stories were not expressions of anger and ire and frustration. And they were instead these expressions of hope and that we should open borders and that all of our hearts are beating, our blood is the same color and we should never give up. And I mean, so this song was one, an early one like that where this, this uh, refugee from Syria was communicating in Arabic and then here we are with the translation. Our, our you know, this, the, the writer of the I Am The Change song from Gaza was translating the nuances into English and we were writing it down and, and essentially from my understanding from the, you know, the like several degrees of language, um, translation was that this, this person was saying, you know, um, if I could be a word in the world and I could live in every single home, I would want to be a word of hope and love and I would, of honor, you know, and that, that, that this could be a way that he could change the world for the better. So now, um, do you, do you, do these people 
like you, all these versions of the songs, you're singing them, right? So when we, so these are the recordings I've been working on, I'm singing because I don't have the, the ability to go back to Brussels or kind of find these people to, to record the songs with them. But I have recordings from the center of all of us singing together. I have videos. And is and, that on the website? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for every single song you click on, I've tried to share, um, you know, kind of just, just audio so you can like actually hear us singing and discussing and the sort of unfolding right, right, of the okay. process. And then there's video. And I also started bringing a bag of um, handheld rhythm instruments because I was finding that people were looking at me because I have an instrument as like, the musician, you know, which I thought was funny because I, mean, I have my own inner critic about, you know, just being able to write music and be a real musician and whatever that means. But as soon as you give a person an instrument... It's you just there's a shift, right? So, oh yeah. So it was really yeah. important, I think, for the community aspect and for shifting people's perspectives of what they're able to create, to you know, to have everyone who wanted to play an instrument. And some people would just play an instrument and they wouldn't sing. Some people would sing. So, yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. I also just think you know the message of this song talking about um, you know this idea of universal messages in the chorus that people can relate to. I mean, um, I think there's elements of this song that can speak to you regardless of what kinds of thousands of layers of experience have shaped you into the human being you are. You know, and hopefully those haven't included becoming a refugee and having to go to another place. But I still think that, you know, I listen to the song and I hear elements of my own life in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, one of my, my guiding principles of songwriting is the idea that the more personal it is, the more universal it is. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that's, a, I think, could be a reason to start with the story um, because it's the personal and it's the unique to this person but then there are ways to find messages that are are um you know are universal you know and then the mute the the, the melody the rhythm all of that comes a little bit later because right the song is a participant so it's going to come out it'll come out right the song knows knows yeah. how it wants to be yeah so so there's trust for me there's been a lot of trust in that um and and trying not to be too nervous about you know will I be able to help guide this process into a song that people want to sing and you know Right you know like I I <laughs> I've come to trust music so much like when I like do like a workshop or something or a class and I'm nervous and I just like remind myself the music really knows what it wants yeah. to do yeah. and and I just have to be there like on my job is to yeah be present I mean I just yeah I guess I haven't had I haven't had a lot of confidence also because you know when I was working on this method you know with my research partner I mean he was kind of in the role of the expert and it took me a long time to recognize that my contributions actually helped to give birth to this method itself. And then it took me years of working with people writing music to realize that I do actually have the capacity to guide the process. Because we're all on a journey, right? I mean... <laughs> well, you know what? I actually, like, I think it would be good to, to just mention this, that I the first time I met you yeah. was when you were writing songs for a, a, a 
basic, you know, dying person. Like, oh, yes, for Jean. You're helping that process. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, and that was really for everybody. That was very scary for me. That was, a, 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 that was one of the first songs that I worked on, um, you know, after my research partner and I, we just kind of had diverging paths. And so that was an early song that I worked on on my own with, you know, with Mary Kay and with Jean. And so there was, I had a very strong inner critic saying, like, how can you write a song about this person's life? How can you honor him? Like, this is, this is an enormous undertaking. And, but like you're saying, I mean, I think I just, um, at a certain point, you have to say thank you <laughs> for keeping me humble and then just follow the, the song and what comes out. Yeah. And it, and it was really like, you know, from my point of view, it's it, uh, it it was just a gift to everybody, and uh, um, and I still you know because I, I I see Mary Kay around yeah. and uh, I kind of feel like it it really helped my like I'm closer I I don't think mm. I even knew Mary Kay before yeah. that and because of that experience I I know her isn't that know? like a really and interesting like we've, yeah. we've talked about Jean like I remember yeah. like. After he passed, yeah, uh, you know, and 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 it's just like, I think that songwriting could be a part of every dying experience. I, like it could yeah. be part of the the whole, you know, hospice care. But there's so know? much, right? I mean, I did. I had another woman who who asked me if I could write a song with her mother, who was a Holocaust survivor, right? So just. It, and not just, and another woman who asked if I could write a song about her experience, like meeting her husband. He, you know, I think he had just passed away and she wanted something to remember. I mean, so there's, there's like, I mean, I said before, I think every single person should experience this. It just so happened that when I was in Brussels, I thought, who really feels like their voice is not being heard? Right, like right. you're going right to the To really, the most to the, extreme. To, yeah. yeah. Right. And can I, you know... I mean, do I have the, I guess, the courage and trust that, that I can hold space for, for the song that wants to come out from these stories? And um, so for me, it was, it was just a real kind of journey and trusting myself to even do that work. And, and yeah, that experience with Mary Kay and Jean was one of those really early kind of solo, not solo, but not solo journeys, because in the end, we all were... We did it together. Right, right. But but you were the one, you were the point person. Yeah, it's a scary thing. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and the thing is now, mm. after that experience, you have this experience in Brussels, like you have a lot of confidence. I built a lot. But then it, it was saying, you know, when I first came in chatting with you and saying, oh my gosh, you know, with the pandemic, it's really been two years now since I've really been able to work with people in person. And so then suddenly that inner critic comes back and says, well, what, you know, can you still do this? You're not doing anything. And anyway, this is like yeah. getting into like a whole other, you know, but just to say that we're all people. And so even the person who looks like they're the musician and the songwriter and they know what they're doing, oh, we're, man. We're, just, we're just trying to follow that, you know, trying to trust and trying to, you know, trying to do our best. Yeah, that's all, that's all we're doing, just being here, being here now. And so coming back to I Am A Word, I mean, so this was a song that really wanted to be born. And it was written quickly. And um, I would love to to go back and um, and work with an, a native Arabic speaker to, to have Arabic. 
think it's like one of those, you know, where you have a book that's just so meaningful that they translate it into, you know, 50 different languages. I feel like, um, right, I feel like the song. message from the song, it's not because I think it's the best song in the world. These aren't, you know, I don't know that these are songs that would ever, you know, hit it on the pop charts. Um, they don't, they don't follow that, the pop music equation, <laughs> but, um, but I do think it's a message and a melody that can speak to many. Okay. So. away can I come to your house and stay I am a word I am the root of all resistance I bring light for us to grow I will push the sorrow away can I come to your heart and stay? I am a word. I am the life you've left behind. The path that you now follow. The melody of your song. The place you can belong. I am a word of hope and love I bring honor to the world I will push the darkness away Can I come to your house and stay? I am a word Wow. I, I love Can I Come to Your House and Stay. There's something, you know, that is just like, um, it expresses the vulnerability and, and, and the, like, asking the question, can I be this gift? Can I, can I, you know, is it okay if I gift you with my presence, you know? I promise I'm not dangerous. Yeah. I mean, I should say there's a lot of Sarah and me in these songs, and that that was a line I think that Sarah added. Um, so these are these are collaborative creations. So everybody, right? Everybody contributes who wants to. Right, and and it, and it's and it's, so when you think of like uh, the way to collab, the way to contribute is sometimes so like hard to pin down, you know, and like mm -hmm. so. Everyone's contributions is just like it's a group. It's a gestalt, you know. It's mm -hmm. like a group thing. Like it's just happening together. Yeah. And you can't, you know. That's what's like crazy. Like when you said, like, you know, it's not like a pop song. It's like <laughs> I didn't even like why compare to a why pop compare, song? right? So like, I mean, you know, we're talking about like capitalism and this definitions of success, right? And you know, clicks, likes, and TikTok viral videos, and you know, this is not that. 
Right. This is such a this is quite animal. raw. Yeah. And and, yeah. and 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 the you know like the pop world has to like for instance like like I've I've done these collaborations. And then I want to put them on, like make them available to put them on Spotify. And then I have to fill out these forms. Mm. I have to like, this is the person who did the words. This is the person who did the melody. You know, like we wrote the song, like, uh, Build the Bridges. Mm -hmm. I credit Donald Trump. <laughs> because if it weren't for him, right. the song wouldn't have happened. Sure. And That's so funny. We went, I mean, we funny, went tragic. But yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's like... He provided this, yeah. like, and, and 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 my friend who like made me go to this, this this uh, thing that he was doing. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to go, and if I hadn't gone, it yeah. might have happened in some form. Right. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. he started singing. People were shouting. Yeah. And they all contributed too. They were shouting, right. "Build bridges, take down walls," and but we started singing rather than yeah. shout. Like right. we thought, like if we sing yeah. it. Yeah. But I think credit is important, right? These are, these are, I mean, I write songs from people's stories because I want those people to, f to feel like their story is being told from their own voice, right? So, and, and, and a real part of the process in the Migration Songs Project in Brussels was that, you know, we would try to include at, at least some words from every single person's contribution. And so if you have lots of different languages and different different experiences being communicated, trying to shape that into one song. I mean, the song, you know, Open the Borders, um, that has lots of different languages. And it was like, how do I, how am I going to make this into one song? How is, am I going to guide that process? And then it's hard, too, because you have one person who started the song who feels, like, really invested, and then suddenly other people come, and it's like, you know, this is my song, and how do we create that? This is everybody's song, you know. Well, the thing is, like, I think, like, that we have to figure this those are like the fine details, yeah. but that like as long as we know that really nobody really owns the song. Exactly. Like ultimately, no song. Right. I mean, like I I take songs like uh, uh, "God Bless America." I ch I changed it to "God Bless the Entire World." Yeah. And I have a friend who refused to play it because he he thought like I was dishonoring. Well, just Urban like this, the song itself is a creative participant in it. It's the writing, uh, like the creation. But the finished song takes on a life of its own. It's like we're a parent and we've given birth to this song and then we send it off into the world. Yeah. And it's a folk song. Right. So it, it's, it's going right. to take on whatever, it, you know, however people hear it and sing it. It may be different. You know? Wow. I, and, I, and I like the like it because the song wants to be changed because it's like a it's a person yeah it wants people, to follow its own path like, like the child right like, yeah <laughs> when the child when i'm born like if i don't want to stay the same person right. i want to grow and have other people contribute to my but life. like the parent can have trouble letting go of control and allowing the child to experience life as they will where there isn't a lot of control just like for me as the guiding musician I try really hard to hear what other people, especially the people who are contributing stories, want the song to become. Yeah. Right? right. I can say, I really think this would sound good, and that they just really don't want it. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, so there is there is this trust and letting go, <laughs> you know, that, that happens. And yeah. Then, and and it, what is a finished song? I mean, when Malcolm and I were doing our work, we were like... When is the song finished? If it's ever. never finished. It's just you send I'm something still... out and then, yeah. 
I'm fine. I still change. I rewrite songs that I wrote when I was a teenager. And I still do them. Nice. And, and I, yeah. It's like coming back to a book and finding different meaning. Yeah. As you like go through life and have different experiences. and Yeah. Yeah. So how about yeah. if you uh, just tell, tell people like websites or whatever. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, so everywhere, everywhere in the social media world, you can find me as at Guiding Song. It's pretty simple. And the website is guidingsong.com. So I use the story to song method, but I, I consider myself a guiding song writer. So guidingsong.com. Guiding song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you want to go directly to this project, you can just do a backslash migration songs. Oh, so it's on that same website. Mm-hmm. It's all in the same place. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. I mean, from there, you can get anywhere else. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. It's just a portal. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks. All right. Well, thank, thank you so you. much. That was really fun. Yeah. Everybody music. It's an ancient genre and the latest craze. Everybody music. It's a human revolution, not a passing phase. Cause everybody is a musical body designed from the ground up to connect. And everyone can be a music gardener. All you got to do is sow seeds of music wherever you go. Don't forget to word them, huh? Everybody music. It's awesome.